and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're in week two of a series that we are calling There Is More. And we kicked this off last week. And uh, I talked to you about the reality of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I told you that I believe God wants us as New Testament believers, as modern day Christians to live Holy Spirit empowered lives. And I gave you three ways you can experience or experience that power or be filled. And at the end of the service, I invited you in the same way I'll invite you today. I'm going to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and experience him in a real, fresh and life changing way. Today, I want to continue this conversation on the Holy Spirit's power. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14, and we're going to look at something there. John chapter 14, I want you to see this. You can also look at this on your phone, on version at the Bible app. It's there as well. It says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Now, I want to make clear, when we say another comforter, we're not talking about a blanket. We're not talking about a duvet. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you another comforter, and he will never leave you. Verse 17 says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into truth. But I want you to notice what Jesus says next here. He says, the world at large cannot receive him for it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But I want you to see this line here and we're going to come back at it in just a moment. But you do for he lives with you now and someday he shall be in you. Before we proceed, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity, and you need the Holy Spirit in your life. But as I said, I want us to look back at that last line of verse 17. It says, but he lives with you now. So not only is the Holy Spirit with us now at salvation, but when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as Acts 1.8 tells us, I think this is kind of some foreshadowing here in the book of John, but he will live in Inside you. The Holy Spirit of God will live inside of you. And I want you to understand what this means. If you are a follower of Jesus, and as Acts chapter 1, verse 8 tells us, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, He will give you power. I want you to understand that same power, the Holy Spirit's power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside you. You have, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have miracle working power living inside of you. You can talk to God, you can walk with God, you can hear from Him, you can have access to the power of God simply because the Holy Spirit came. Let's look at it again. John chapter 16, verse 7. Dig at this a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is that it is best for you. This is Jesus speaking. It's best for you that I go away. Wouldn't it have been great if Jesus would have just stayed here and we could have walked with him? We could have done life with him. But Jesus says it's best for you that I go away. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can come. And Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm sending the comforter in my 
place. And as we looked at it already today, we've looked at it in this series, and we will continue to look at it. When the Holy Spirit comes, he gives us power. And today I want to continue this conversation on power, and I want to talk to you about five things that I believe the Holy Spirit's power gives us the ability to accomplish. Five things I believe when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish. Before we dive into it, I want to pray over you. Holy Spirit, I ask you today to be in this room. I ask you right now to speak to every single heart and every single life. Jesus, I'm asking you to minister and I'm asking you to move. Give me clarity of thought. Give me clarity of speech. Holy Spirit, guide my words, guide my thoughts. Holy Spirit, give all of us ears to hear this message and a heart to respond because we need you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, this past week, uh, from Monday to Friday, I had the privilege of going to Wyoming with around 20 other pastors or, or church leaders. And uh, I was called, it was about 10, 12 days ago, and they're like, hey, we're doing something in Wyoming, you want to come? And it was just kind of one of these checks in my heart that I needed to be there. And so um, I asked a friend and we packed up our bags and we went, we got there on Monday and uh, it was in Encampment, Wyoming. I've never been there. I didn't know there was a place called Encampment, Wyoming, but look it up. It's beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go there, there's no hotels, there's nothing. So I have no idea why you'd go there, but it's still beautiful. But anyway, so we get there. It's like three hours from nowhere. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And their road is a seven mile road that you would never drive a, a car down. It is a treacherous road. And you get down there and you start driving down the road. You have no cell service, no Wi-Fi. Uh, it's just an incredible time. And it was funny it was I was typing out this message and I typed in no cell service. And when I typed out no Wi-Fi, it auto-corrected to no wife. There was no wife there, but that's beside the point. There was no cell service. There was no Wi-Fi. There was nothing. That, not, you, there was no entertainment on like electronic gadgets at all, no video games. And I'm just telling you, it was incredible. Everybody needs to detox from your phones at least every once in a while. What was amazing is, I don't know about you guys, I use my battery on my phone every single day. I mean, zap it every day. Sometimes I have to charge it throughout the day. I literally got there with a full battery, put my phone on my nightstand in my room, and didn't have to charge my phone again till Friday. That just tells you how little you're using your phone. But every night we'd sit around the table with some these pastors and church leaders and, and interns and workers, and there would be between 30 and 40 people in the lodge, in the room, and we would have conversations um, about like, what is God doing in your life? What are you needing from this trip? One of the questions is, what is God doing to disturb you? It's just different kinds of conversations. What's missing? What are you hungry for? And, and I would listen to the conversation around the table, and some of the conversations hurt my heart because I saw where some pastors are hurting. But there's other things that these guys would say, even hurting. They would say things like, I feel like we're missing the power of the Holy Spirit in our churches. And with that, I could connect and say, I'm 100% in agreement. We're missing the power of the Holy Spirit in our churches, and we need him. I feel like we've been operating in the church without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our churches, in our lives, and in our families. 
And last week I told you as you invite the Holy Spirit in to tell him, Holy Spirit, if you have it, I want it. And that was my prayer this week, and that's even my prayer today, and it's going to continue to be my prayer moving forward. Holy Spirit, if you have it, I want it. Holy Spirit, if it's available, I want it. Holy Spirit, if we can accomplish it, I want to do it. And so today what I want to talk with you about for just the next few moments is because I want to give you an opportunity to pray in the altars, but I want to talk with you for the next few moments about five things that I believe the Holy Spirit's power enables us to accomplish and do. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation. The Spirit of God draws us to Jesus. God supernaturally uses the Holy Spirit to draw us. And when he draws us in, God gives us the ability to repent of our sins, and then God saves us. A good example of a story similar to this is the story of Nicodemus in the Bible. We see this story in John chapter 3. Jesus is having a conversation with a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus doesn't want his friends, his Pharisee friends, to know that he's talking with Jesus. So Nicodemus sneaks out in the middle of the night and has a conversation with Jesus. And he's beginning to ask him what he needs to do to see this power and to experience all this that Jesus is. Let's look at it in verse 2. And he says, this is Nicodemus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's, what's that word? Unless God's what? Come on, say that word. Come on, say it again. Say it like you mean it. Unless God's power is with him. This Pharisee recognized that the reason that he, we, that, the, that their group was not seeing God move is because they were absent the power. And I want to tell you, I believe the reason that many of us aren't seeing God move in our lives, heal us, do signs and wonders around us is because we're trying to do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And Nicodemus recognizes this and he says, hey, we understand that you're a man from God for God's power, his spirit is moving through you. And verse 3, Jesus, you'll see this on the screen. Verse 3, Jesus says, hold on, Nicodemus. We can't like start really talking about the power until you have salvation. You must first of all be reborn. You must first of all be a rebirth in you. And that's what verse 3 is telling us. But then if we skip ahead to verse 4, I love how the Passion version of the Bible says that this says rebirth. This is Nicodemus speaking. How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for anyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. But notice what Jesus says in verse 5 and verse 6, and this is powerful. Jesus says, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. Listen to what he says, verse 6. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. In other words, mankind can only reproduce mankind, but the Holy Spirit gives new life from heaven, spiritual life. 
The Spirit of God gives us the power to experience salvation. I love what Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says concerning our salvation. Listen to this. For the Holy Spirit speaks deep to us in our hearts and tells us that we are really God's children. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit, when you're struggling in your soul and wondering, am I in a right place with God? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are God's children? The Holy Spirit gives us power to experience salvation. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to walk in God's will or to live in God's will. I mean, have you ever had a time when you didn't know what to say or what to do or where to go? All of us have probably had some moments where we didn't know what to say or do or how we were going to make it through, but I want you to hear me. When you find yourself in a place when you don't know what to say or what to do or where to go or how am I going to make it to tomorrow, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is there to help you. He is for you. But sadly, as I said just a moment ago, many of us as Christians, we live without the Holy Spirit's power and we wonder, why am I struggling in my decision making? Why am I making continual poor choices? I believe it's because we have not invited the Holy Spirit into the conversation and ask him to lead, guide, and direct our our mind, our thoughts, and our actions. But I want to tell you today, the Holy Spirit is available to you. And when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know what to say, or how am I going to accomplish this? Listen to me. If you'll lean in to the Holy Spirit, and again, if you'll invite him into the conversation and say, Holy Spirit, if you have it, I want it. And if you'll do that and you'll lean into him, he will begin to lead you, guide you, and direct you. I love what the Bible tells us in John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, whom the Father will send in my name, listen, he will teach you all things and it reminds you of everything I have said to you. I want you to get this today. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He is your counselor. He is your comforter. Let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit is your roadmap. You don't need to live life and move without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, and he will lead you, and he will guide you to walk in God's will. The reason many of us struggle to understand God's will for our life. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? God, what do you want me to do with my life? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to marry? What what college do I go to? The reason many of us struggle is because we don't have the Holy Spirit guiding us and directing us, and we're trying to do it all by ourselves. But listen to what John chapter 16 verse 13 tells us. When the Holy Spirit, who is truth, comes, listen, he will guide you into all truth. For he's not presenting his own ideas, but he's passing on to you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. Listen to me. If you have some questions about your future, if you have some questions about what do I do next or where do I move, invite the Holy Spirit into the conversation. Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Holy Spirit, would you show me the way to go? If you're struggling to move forward in your life, invite the Holy Spirit in. He wants to be a part of the conversation. And I know some of you in this room have some major decisions to make. All of us, a lot of us, we have some major decisions to make. Like, Lord, what do I do here? Some big questions about our future. We're all trying to figure that out. 
And some of you, you have been praying and praying and praying, and you feel like there's no answers, and you feel like you just kind of have to make decisions on yourself. But today, again, I want to encourage you, invite the Holy Spirit in. Tell the Holy Spirit, I need you. Fill me, lead me, guide me, direct me, show me your ways. Speak to me. How do I respond in this situation? What decision do I make? What direction do I go? And let me assure you today, when you invite the Holy Spirit into the conversation, I want you to write this down. You can be led by the Spirit of God as he empowers you to walk in his will. When you invite the Holy Spirit in, you can be led by the Spirit of God as he empowers you to walk in his will. When the Holy Spirit comes, as Acts chapter 1, verse 8 describes, he gives us the power to experience salvation. He also gives us the power and the ability to walk in God's will. And I don't know about you, I want to walk in God's will. Number three, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to share Jesus boldly. He gives us the power to share the gospel boldly. Some of you I've heard you. I've had conversations with you. You get intimidated. You get nervous. You get nauseous. You get sweaty palms. You get sweat in your armpits. Whatever it might be when somebody, when you think you're going to have to share your faith with somebody or talk to somebody about Jesus or about spiritual things. And I know from experience, many of you have talked to me. You want to do that, but you're afraid. Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to fail? What if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it? What if they ask me something about the Bible and I'm not 100% positive? How do I do that? And many of us, instead of embracing that fear and sharing what God has done in our lives, we take a step back because we're afraid for whatever reason. But I want you to understand something today. As a follower of Jesus who has invited the Holy Spirit into your life, He gives you the power to share the gospel boldly. He gives you the power to share your faith boldly. He does that. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's Paul speaking. I love what he says here. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirits. What's that word? My message has no credibility, has nothing behind it. My words accomplish nothing unless God's power shows up. And that's what Paul is even saying here. My words, my message, my thoughts, my ideas, it's not good without the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom. Listen, you don't need to see people saved because of your wisdom or your ability. You simply need to invite the Holy Spirit into the conversation and say, Holy Spirit, I've got to share my faith. Would you lead my words? I believe the reason many of us have never seen a friend, a family member, or a classmate, or a coworker saved or brought into the family of God because of our faith is because we've never invited the Holy Spirit to be a part of it. Listen, it's not about your wise and persuasive words. It's not what convinces people to know Jesus. The Spirit draws them, and it's His power that gives you the words to say. I'll tell you, I know this to be true. I have tried on more than one occasion in my life to speak without the power of the Holy Spirit, and it has flopped. But on those times when I have tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit, it's life-changing. Some of you need to have some conversations with some people, and you're trying, I just feel like this is in my heart. Some of you are trying to convince 
even some family of certain things in your life and you're trying to do it in your own power and your own ability, you need to lean into the Holy Spirit to have those conversations. Holy Spirit, direct my words. Holy Spirit, direct my thoughts. Holy Spirit, even direct their ears to hear what you're trying to say. Another great example of this is Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. We see this in the New Testament. This is the, this is the followers of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want this. I want the Holy Spirit to shake this place. I want him to shake my life, my family, this church. I want him to show up so bad, I'm willing to do anything for it. That's what I want. But let's look at what happens. It says there, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. After they were filled, they spoke the word of God boldly. I want you to hear me today. We don't change people's minds or opinions about God by our own power. You can't convince somebody to serve Jesus because of your wise and persuasive words or because of your physical might. The only way that people's lives are changed is not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by His Spirit. And until we allow the Holy Spirit to move, we're going to continue to see the church shrink and the ways of this world continue to grow. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our homes, and into our churches. Why? So we can build and advance the kingdom of God. But we cannot do that without His power. We need it. We need him. So it's not up to you what you say. Honestly, you don't even have to, like, there's times I don't even worry about it. Lord, just direct it. We even see that in the book of Acts where he's telling them on different occasions, hey, you don't worry about what to say. I'll put the words in your mouth. I want you to hear me. It's not your, you're, it's, you're not responsible for it. It's the Holy Spirit that is. And invite him in and watch him move. Number four. The Holy Spirit gives us the power, and this is a big one, to live a holy life. Some of you are wondering, why, Pastor Chad, do I continue to struggle with the same sins, the same temptations, the same struggles, the same worries, the same doubts? Why can't I ever get victorious in my faith? Why can't I walk in freedom? I want to tell you, I believe it's because you have not invited the Holy Spirit into your life. You've been saved. You're on your way to heaven. But as we talked about last week, there is more. Salvation isn't the beginning of your journey. It's not the end of your journey. It's simply just the beginning of your journey. But there is more. And we need to continue to progress in our faith. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that leads us and directs us to live a holy, pleasing life. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the what? Let's pause there. Let's stop. Many of us, the reason we're struggling to walk in victory, to walk in freedom, to be the man or the woman of God that we're called to be is we're controlled by our sinful nature. But when you invite the Holy Spirit in and you say, here you go, here's my life, have control. I surrender everything to you. When you hand it over to the Holy Spirit, it says those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit begin to think about things that please the Spirit. 
What you hear me? Before Jesus, before you're saved, before you're filled with the Holy Spirit, sin is easy because that's who we are, right? It's easy to blow up somebody. It's easy to drive down the road and want to give them the, you know, wave at them with one finger. You know, it's, it's easy to do those things when we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to dominate our lives. I see this in, I see this in people sitting in the seats, but I'll tell you, sadly, I see it in pastors as well. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to dominate our lives, so therefore sin dominates our lives. And so we find ourselves yelling at our spouse or yelling at our kids, and we know it's not right. It doesn't settle in our heart. It doesn't settle in our soul, but it's where we are. Why? Because we're being controlled by our sinful nature rather than the Spirit of God. But the Holy Spirit gives you power to live a holy life. And some of us, we find ourselves, why do I lust over this all the time? Some of us think, why can't I stop sleeping around? Why am I bitter? Why am I jealous? Why do I gossip? It's because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control our lives. But if we would lay down our sinful nature and say, Holy Spirit, you have control. He will begin to lead us and show us ways to please God. Anybody out there? Is this mic on, Shane? Are we on? We good? Are we getting it today? Or do we want to keep living where we are? Do we want to live void of the Holy Spirit's power? Because I tell you, I'm done living void of the Holy Spirit's power. I want the Holy Spirit to direct my words, my thoughts, my actions. I want to live a holy life that is pleasing to God. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he gives us power to live a holy life. When we have the Holy Spirit living in us, as John chapter 14, verse 17 tells us, remember it says, you have him now, but he's going to one day live inside you. When the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, here's what I believe begins to happen because this is what, this, this is what Scripture says right here. When we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, we begin to, begin to think about things that are pleasing to the Spirit. So here's what I think happens. When you allow the Holy Spirit in, He begins to renew your mind. He begins to change what you think about and you're no longer thinking about sinful things or shameful things. You're thinking about what God wants to do in my life. How do you know? It's because your attitude and your thought life is beginning to change. If we continue on in in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But let's put that that scripture back up there, verse 6. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if what? The Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. If I continue to live how I've been living, it's going to lead to death. And many of you are wondering, why am I not living the victorious life that God has for me? Is because in essence, what I believe is happening is you're experiencing death. Not physical, but spiritual. But I believe what God is saying is if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, if you'll say, Holy Spirit, if you have it, I want it, you'll, be, you'll begin to live a life that is full of life and full of peace. And that's what I want, a life that is full of life and full of peace. I want it for myself, for my family, and for all of you. The Holy Spirit, when he comes in our lives, he gives us the power to live a holy life. Look at what Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases 
him. When the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you power. And number five, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you the power. And I'm going to take, and we're going to touch this for just a brief moment because the next two weeks, we're going to really dig into these, these thoughts and ideas right here. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, he gives you the power. I want you to hear this to make a difference with spiritual gifts. Last week, I told you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there are things that I believe begin to happen inside you. Tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, spiritual gifts. Those are things that I believe happen after you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the big ones is spiritual gifts. When the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you the power to make a difference in this world with spiritual gifts. Now, let me just describe. These spiritual gifts are not talents. I have talents that I can do that come to me from God, but spiritual gifts are different. We're going to dig into that. But these are not talents. They're not natural abilities. You have no power to do these gifts on your own. They are simply from God. All right? These, and these gifts are given to you so that you can make a difference in this world. And I love what Hebrews chapter 2 says right here. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And verse 4 says, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. And listen here. And by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The Holy Spirit gives you gifts not because you earned it, not because you deserve it, or not because you're more talented than somebody else. The Holy Spirit gives you gifts according to his will for your life. And if you want to jot this down in your notes, or if you want to mark it in your Bible, the verses we're going to be looking at over the next two weeks, where you can begin to see a list of the gifts, you can see it in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans chapter 12. If you want to mark that down, if you want to read it, if you want to study up, that's what we're going to be looking at the next couple of weeks. But what are some of these examples of these spiritual gifts? Well, the Bible tells us that God gives some of us a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom. You just, you just know the right decision. It's just in your gut. It's not something that's natural. It's not because you're smarter than other people. It's not because you were right, raised in the right family. God just put inside you a gift of wisdom. And when other people are making even foolish decisions on the stock market or whatever it might be, you're always making wise decisions. Why? Because it's a gift that God gave you. It's a gift. Others of you, you have a gift of discernment. My wife has a gift of discernment. Uh, there's been many a time she's like, you go ahead and do that, but I'm just telling you. And then later down the road, she has the gift of, I told you so. But anyway, but no, discernment. You just know sometimes that certain things and certain people, it's off or it's going to end up this way. What is that? It's not that you just have some natural ability. No, God is directing you and allowing you to discern. Others of you, you have a gift of prophecy. You can call things before they happen. Let me just say something real fast here, because I believe in our world, there is the enemy is trying to distort the gift of prophecy, and he's trying to say, well, this person's psychic. Listen to me. No, psychic abilities are not from God. They are ways to distort what God is wanting to do in the kingdom of God and in this world. Prophecy and psychic abilities, they're not, they don't go hand in hand. 
God has given some of you the gift of prophecy. You see things before they happen and you speak about them and they happen. Some of you, you have the gift of giving. God has just made you generous and, and you get money in your hand and you give it away. And you found out that the more you give away, the more he gives you. Why? Because he's given you the gift of giving. Others of you in this room, another gift we know of is the gift of speaking in tongues. Some of you have that gift. Others of you, you have the gift of interpreting that tongue. Some of you, you have the gift of serving. Others of you, you have a spiritual gift that all of us want to have. It's the gift of encouragement. Because how many know the body of Christ, we need some encouragers. We need you to come up to us when we're feeling fat and you say, you're looking good. It's just something that God has put inside you. There's times Times when I preach and I feel like it flops and I'm looking for the encouragers because I just need somebody to say it wasn't your best but it was still good and you just have that gift that's from God and you can encourage others and when they're down in the dumps you speak life to them and you wonder why do people want to be around me it's because God has put a gift in you of encouragement and that is your gift others of you God has given you a gift of administration and you can just organize things and when there's chaos in the room you've got everything organized Others of you, God has given you a gift of mercy. And when other people are condemning somebody or trying to nail them to a cross, you're saying, no, let's give them mercy. Let's give them grace. Why? Because God put that in you. Others of you, you have a gift of healing. Others of you have a gift of faith. What are these? They're not something we can do, but they're all gifts from God. And I believe that God has one for all of us. Gifts. Gifts. So why does the Holy Spirit give us these gifts? Why does the Holy Spirit give us this power? Is it so I can look at myself and say, look at me? Is it so I can puff up my chest? Is it so other people can say, man, you're so good or you're so powerful? No, I believe I want you to hear me today and I'm getting ready to close. The Holy Spirit gives us these gifts, these supernatural talents, these supernatural abilities to help each other. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. I want you to hear this. I want you to get this. All of you need to hear this. Every one of you, open up your ears. If you haven't got anything else today, I want you to get this right now because some of you, you've disqualified yourself from any of this, but I want you to hear me. A spiritual gift is given to some of us. A spiritual gift is given to pastors, but not people that are sitting in the seats. Is that what it says? No, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. And I want you to hear me. The promise of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come and speak to us and change us. The promise of the Holy Spirit from Jesus is for each and every one of us. I believe that God has put spiritual gifts inside each and every single believer follower of Jesus, you have gifts. Your gift might be mercy. Your gift might be faith. Your gift might be wisdom. Your gift might be giving. It might be prophecy. It could be any of us. Long list of gifts. But God, I believe, has put a gift inside each and every one of us. He doesn't say it's only for the elite or only for those who pray a lot. No, God has put gifts inside of you. And the body of Christ needs those gifts. Why did he put those gifts in us? He gives us each spiritual gifts Look at how the rest of it says, so we can help each other. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are there so we can build up the church. The enemy has put enough of his gifts in that we're destroying and tearing down the church. But I'm so thankful that God has given us spiritual gifts that will build up the church. Let me say it this way. Spiritual gifts 
are simply God's grace given to every believer for the common good of the church. Let me say it again. Spiritual gifts are simply God's grace given to every believer for the common good of the church. And we need these gifts in operation today. You need them. I need them. We desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? Everybody stand with me. Can I just speak direct to you real fast? If God has put gifts inside of you, hmm. there are gifts of wisdom in this room right now. There are gifts to serve. There are gifts to give. There are so many gifts in this room right now, and some of you are not using those gifts that God has put inside you for the body of Christ. Listen to me. I want you to hear me throw stuff at me, but I'm only preaching the word. God put gifts inside of us, not so that we can be consumers, but so that we can be contributors. And there are many of you, and hear me, I love you, I'm your pastor, and I preach this with mercy and grace in my heart and no anger and no finger pointing, but many of us were sitting in the seats and we're consuming and we're not using the gifts that God has put inside of us. And I want you to hear me. If you don't use the gifts that God has put inside of you, something is not getting done in this church that needs to be done. Somebody's life is not being affected that needs to be affected. So today I encourage you, don't reject the Holy Spirit. Don't resist him. Don't run from him. Don't hide from him. Run to him. Run to him. And let's all pray Ephesians 5, 18, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.